taking what we're giving. It's the Prattlefield. We hope you keep listening. We're the Prattlefield. We make a shitty living. This podcast is better than the rest. Well, maybe not, but it's better than death. The Prattlefield. You're taking what we're giving. It's the Prattlefield. We hope you keep listening. We're the Prattlefield. We make a shitty living. Don't stop listening to the Prattlefield. So tonight we are Nick's here. Hi, uh, Nick. We appreciate him showing up for it. Yeah. He uh, well, he's got the second longest drive on, uh, of the stable of guests. You know, I would say yeah. he's second not far behind drive? Eric. Yeah. There's oh, Eric, and then right. there's Eric Nick, and then there's the everyone else. Drive, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, so. yeah. Sure. So Sorry, it does Eric, take I forgot effort. that you were a guest on the show. Oh. Jesus. <laughs> um, so tonight, I, I had this idea a, a while back, and, and we didn't really get around to it because we got caught up doing other shows, and we were kind of, you know, um, just kind of skipped over it. And then we realized that we wanted to do it and kind of get it because it's kind of been bugging me a little bit that we haven't done it, so I wanted I wanted to get into it. And it, so far, people are like, ooh, this is going to be one of those serious shows that they do. Mm. No, it's not. No, this isn't a serious show at all. So I don't know what people know or don't know about you two. Um, but you guys, so, and we, and I think everyone knows that both of you are cinemaphiles, if that's, if, if I can use that word. We tend to um, like movies a yeah, little bit. Yeah, you guys yes. are both like, you know, Nick's got like, and I and I've joked with Chad about it. Like, Nick will put this stuff on Facebook, and I'm like, "Say what? The the movie? The, the what? The like? He's got like these movie collections he follows, and like, I don't never heard. I don't even know what that is. Like, is that a real thing? Uh, so they're but they're both in. You know, Chad's got a living room full of movies, and I'm sure I've never been to Nick's house. I'm assuming he's got the same thing. Um, so these two guys one day came up with this idea, and they're like, "Hey, we're gonna make our own movie." Right? I, I'm mm-hmm. sure it was that easy, right? You guys are just sitting around. You're like, hey, you want to make a movie? Okay, cool. It was, I'm joking. Obviously, no, it, it wasn't was, a spur it was, of the moment. It was kind of like that. Kind of just like that. Yeah. yeah. It was, we didn't know each other very well. <laughs> no. And then when we started, you know, it was kind of small talk when uh-huh. we started to get to know each other. And then I think part of that was, I like Star Wars. So do I. Oh, cool. And then we started talking about, oh, I like other movies too. Oh, so do I. Big yeah. And then we mm-hmm. realized that we're both movie guys. So it was young in your relationship. It was when you very, guys yeah. realized that on. this was going to be a thing. Very early on. Which makes sense, because this was years ago that this happened. Yeah, uh, this that, was that, back in 04 when we first, fall of 04 when we first started talking about yeah. it. Because yeah. that's when we both started working yeah. together. Yeah. 03. Yeah. Oh, th- oh, fall of 03. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Mm. So you yeah. guys are sitting around talking about how much you like movies. Now, you guys did a movie together uh, yeah. that was... Uh, I mean, it made the reviews. It made it made all it made all the circuits, right? And as far as the, <coughs> everyone's pretty well aware of what it is. And for last I heard, you guys actually chose not to um, live off the success of it because you felt like you guys are really deep filmmakers. Yeah, you yeah. didn't want to be sellouts. Yeah. So you decided we made our masterpiece. We're going to walk away. Yeah. yeah. Um, then we made another masterpiece right after it. You guys did your swan song and you left. You're like, we're done. <laughs> we did two of them. <laughs> so you guys did a movie together, and you yeah. now as far as the. Do you want to talk about the movie? Like, do we, should we talk about the name, or do you want you guys want to keep that? Buried? It's called Icebreaker. Okay, well, let's put it out there. Okay, I didn't know if you wanted to. <laughs> you can't get it. So, no, I mean, well, it's... I guess it doesn't matter anymore. And you only can't get it because they they just they can't make them any they can't make them fast enough, so they just stop making. Them. Right, so that story. That's exactly what yeah. happened. Yeah. Uh, uh. So Icebreaker, you now, Chad, you wrote it, or you guys co-wrote it? How did the idea come up? Give, well, give me the, the old days. Now, I knew you both at this time, but clearly I wasn't involved in the conversations because I don't know the first fucking thing about movies. So, 
when Nick and I were talking yeah. and we realized that we both loved movies, eventually that conversation turned into, well, we both kind of have a background in this. Right. Nick told me that he used to work at a video production company and he yeah. was a cinematographer. He yeah. went to school for this. So yeah. he knows cameras yeah. and know, he knows lighting. Yeah. And I'm like, well, holy shit, I've been making home movies since I was a kid. Yeah. I'm kind of a writer director guy. Mm -hmm. And then it wasn't too much of a stretch for us to realize, well, holy shit, as a team, mm -hmm. we kind of got this covered. Mm -hmm. um, so let's make a fucking movie. Mm -hmm. And there was a while there where we were trying to decide what we, we, we knew that we wanted to make a movie. Mm -hmm. We're like, fuck this. Let's make a movie. This would be fucking so cool. Now, had you done the reason, did you know what you were getting into when you said, hey, let's make a movie? Yeah. Did you realize how much of a monster that is to conquer? Yeah. yeah. Or were you going into it a little bit naive? Like, oh, no. it can't be that hard. No. Okay. No, we knew. You knew going into exactly it was going to be a beast. We Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. So we were talking a little bit about, oh, do we do a horror movie? Do we do, you know, a, you know, a comedy? Do we do, you know, mm -hmm. whatever? We were trying to throw it around some mm -hmm. ideas. And we talked about some of the movies that we like, some indie movies mm -hmm. that we like, like Clerks came up and Swingers came up. Mm -hmm. And yeah. um, we're kind of like, well, let's, fuck it. Let's do a movie, a comedy about dating. Mm -hmm. We're like, yeah. And then we kind of, so we kind of got together and we talked about, sort of the we came up with like sort of a general outline as far as we wanted to have these two main characters a male mm -hmm. and a female mm -hmm. we wanted the story to be intercrossing mm -hmm. um so then i wrote the screenplay and i ended up directing it but then nick was also producing it and he was a dp director of photography so we both it was kind of it was our movie i mean mm -hmm. it was yeah. mm -hmm. we were kind of the spearheads of the whole mm -hmm. thing we were the top two dogs in the whole production mm -hmm. so i mean we did everything we found the all the cast we mm -hmm. did the crew you know, brought some people along that helped us out with casting and with, mm -hmm. you know, producing and that sort of thing. But it was basically our brainchild and, you know, that's so, kind of how it started. So getting into, so I think a lot of folks, myself included, before I talked to you guys about what you were doing with it, I don't think a lot of people realize how many pieces there are involved in a product production like this. And now you guys were making a movie in Minneapolis, like on zero budget, right? Like you're, you're basically telling people like, Hey, if we make a billion dollars, I'll pay you. But otherwise, expect to work for free. Like it was very low budget, and yeah. reason and rightly so, right? Like you yeah. guys aren't millionaires, right? No. And so, I guess the point I'm, I was making is that all of the stuff that went into making your guys's movie, I can't imagine how exponentially more massive that would be on a set like Star Wars or uh, you know one of these big giant movie, you know uh, Marvel, for instance. Like when you watch the credits roll on one of those movies yeah. and like the credits roll for like 19 minutes and it's just names and names and names. Yeah. Right. I don't know about anyone else. I look at that. And I'm like, there's no way that every one of those fucking people had something. That's just ridiculous. <laughs> but then you look at your guys's movie where, and I was on set with you guys at least a couple of the days. Mm -hmm. uh, and you look at what all goes into making even a movie as small as your guys's was. I can't, it's just ridiculous. It's, it's, it blows my mind to think how much exponentially bigger that gets with a mil, a movie where you've got a studio, uh, you know, uh, financing it, and you've got all these different agencies involved, and you've got all these unions involved, and all the rules and regulations, and you need this guy to do that, and this guy to do that, mm -hmm. and you need it, you know, you need forty people just to do sound, and you need, and I don't know, I'm, I don't even know what numbers I'm throwing out here. I maybe it takes more than forty people to do sound for a movie like that, but no, it, it just, it, it, <laughs> it <laughs> but, but it just, I, it, it, it's crazy how much it takes. 
Because if you were to ask a guy like me who knows nothing about movie making a movie, I'd be like, oh, just get a guy with a camera and some people who want to be in it. And that's all it takes. You don't have, you don't need a whole lot else. But well, then a you guy can like, do it that way. Well, you can. Yeah. But that's not taking into account any equipment you need. That's assuming that you've got all the lighting equipment, which I know that you guys had to you know figure out some of that part. Mm-hmm. You guys had to figure out some uh, um, logistical issues as far as how did they get the equipment from A point A to point B. Like you know, you're not a you know, you guys aren't aren't. You can't, you don't have a plethora of moving trucks you move stuff around in. And like, you know, we should probably give people food. I don't know. And like, should we have, you know, Gatorade on set or shouldn't we? Like, mm-hmm. and those sound like small time things that no or one would care about. Sugar free Red Bull. Sugar free Red Bull. Like those sound really like ridiculous small details. But <laughs> if you're, you know, I, I think if you're in charge of an entire production, you're trying to cover all your bases. And I would feel like part of that is if you want to get the best out of these people that are on camera, you want them to feel like they're appreciated. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, so I, I just feel like you want to put off an appearance like you're trying to be as professional as possible. Yeah. But at the same time, everyone knows that you guys don't have any money and you don't know, you yeah. know, you've never done this before, right? Yeah. Just There's that struggle of putting on the, of like, hey, we know how to do this, but we probably read about it in a book because you guys had never done it before, right? Am I, I mean, not to that scale. Not to that level. I mean, you made movies Nick at home Nick and stuff. And student films. Yeah, right. Student so he's, films. And he's done that. Some. I made home movies. Yeah. So, I mean, it's yeah. not the same thing. I didn't no. have any lighting. Right, right. But I had people that were acting in it, and I wrote scripts, right. and I directed. Right. Just not to that scale. Right. So, I mean, this isn't, this wasn't like two guys that walked into something that we right. had no idea what right. we were doing. Right, right. I worked on a couple of bigger movies um, mm-hmm. when I was in school. Okay. Um, like there was this one uh, called Justice, mm-hmm. shot in the cities. Um, I was a PA on that for like a week, a couple weeks. And, Production assistant. Yep. And uh, uh, that's the first time I was like, <clears throat> oh, wow. So there are, mm-hmm. there is a person that's just in charge of Duct tape food or, something. or yeah. uh, mm-hmm. transportation. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's... <clears throat> that was a big eye opener. Mm-hmm. And so then when we went to make our movie, mm-hmm. you know, we had to decide what, what people do we want? Mm-hmm. And, you know, like we were our own transportation people. Yeah. We were our own right. caterers. We did right. all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. In addition to like everything else. Right. Outside of doing all of the, uh, outside of making sure that you get, that you're getting a good product on, on, in the camera. Yeah. You're also in charge of making sure that, oh, well, he's supposed to be here in an hour. Where's he at? Or, oh, wait, that person was supposed to wear this. They wore that. Like all those headaches are coming back on you. You don't yeah. have somebody you can be like, hey, go deal with that problem over there. Yeah. Like the problems are your guys to own. And the people that we had brought on, uh-huh. I think, for the most part, like most of them did a pretty good job. Yeah. But they were, they didn't know what they were doing either. Yeah. Right. Like, Otherwise, they weren't going to work for free. Correct. Right. That's, right. and that's exactly what, it, that's what I was going to get to next is you guys didn't have, I mean, you had to, and, and I, I don't, I don't even know where all of your sources of money came into. I, I think the budget was almost non existent, was it not? Like you guys were. We started with we had a thousand dollars when we started the show, right? Right. I, when we started production, we had a thousand bucks. Yeah. And we ended up um, getting some financing, and because we had to, we had to rent equipment, and you know we wanted, we knew this was going to look like an indie movie, right? But we didn't want it to look like totally amateur. So right. we wanted some grip equipment. We wanted lighting. We right. wanted all this stuff. And when you factor in all of that and you factor in all the food and then we had to pay for some locations, some people let us shoot there for free, some people didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, we And then we talked about, you know, post-production, we needed to 
we knew we were going to need money for sound for sound mixing and for color correction and all mm-hmm. this stuff and for festival submission so all in after we got financing we ended up with about a $35,000 budget Mm. Is that right? Yeah. But we started with a thousand bucks, and that wasn't enough. We right. knew that we didn't have enough. No, and I wouldn't so think so. So we started yeah. anyway, and we're like, we're, we're going to have to find some money somewhere. Yeah. But it was just one of those things. Like if we well, keep it, making excuses, we'll never fucking mm-hmm. do it. Yeah. So yeah, a thousand bucks, and then I think the camera was like six thousand bucks. Forty five hundred, wasn't it? Maybe the camera. The TVX one hundred. Oh, maybe the camera plus, and the lighting stuff. And then all the. And, yeah, that's right. You had your own lighting kit and your tripod, thing. and yeah. Mm-hmm. So Nick, you had to go out and buy a f- some equipment. Just yeah, man. When you're out paying the money for that stuff, like when you go to like John's camera store, which I'm, I'm making up. I'm sure you go to somewhere else, but you go buy this thing for forty five hundred dollars. This piece of equipment. Are you wondering in your head like, oh boy. Well, because what? Because if it doesn't work out, like let's say that you guys got halfway through the movie and you guys had a falling out, and you're like, "Fuck you, fuck you, I'm never making a movie with you again." You walk now, you've got a four thousand dollar camera at your house, and yeah, you're a camera guy and you're an enthusiast. But if you never get involved with a movie again, you're not gonna you're not gonna use a four thousand dollar camera to shoot home videos at home of birthday parties. I mean, you I can, have. but yeah, yeah, you could, you could, yeah, I know what you're saying. I mean, yeah. that, that's a hell of an investment for something that you yeah. have no idea if you're gonna get a return. Yeah. In fact, I'm guessing. If you guys are being, I mean, I, I I would assume you're probably as much of a pessimist as I am. I'm assuming you guys probably had to go into it knowing you weren't going to make money on this thing, right? I mean, I, you know. Nah. Right? I, I actually, I thought that we were going to hit the festival circuit and I thought we were going to get picked up. Okay. Yeah. I really did. Yeah. I I went into this thinking, mm-hmm. you know, everyone starts small and this is going to be our mm-hmm. ticket. This is mm-hmm. going to be it. I really I think, just, yeah, I thought it was going to happen. That, you know, I felt the same way, hmm. and I think having that that attitude going into it was mm-hmm. what got it done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we wouldn't I, have finished if we went into it thinking that this was just a glorified home movie, mm-hmm. and that we were going to maybe show our friends and family this mm-hmm. at a private screening, and that it would never go anywhere. We yeah. wouldn't have done it, right? Yeah. Right? Because we didn't shoot it in like three weeks. No, like we no. didn't shoot it like start day one, and then right. You know, no way done. we could. It right. took forever to yeah. shoot it. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, May to September, and yeah. Yeah, 21 days. Yeah, it was a 21 day shooting schedule, but that was spread across mm-hmm. May, June, July, August, mm-hmm. September, five months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and part of that is because you both had full time jobs, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That you had to juggle, and so did all the other. people. And so did everybody involved, too. Yeah. right? Right. Yeah. So if you if you've got a scene yeah. with four people in it. Well, now you have to juggle all four of those schedules to try to make it work. On oh, what day are all four of you available for? And that's just afternoon? actors. That's right. just four people right. in the scene. That right. doesn't yeah. include your sound guy and your right. production manager right. and your location people. Right. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you guys. So, when you took the first step and you're like, "All right, we're gonna do it," who did the writing then? Was it? Was it? Did you do the writing, or did you guys both write it together? We came up with an outline, but then I wrote right. the screenplay. Oh, but you wrote the screenplay yeah. part of it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. all right. Yeah. So you did the screenplay, and then you start looking at, so what's the first step? Like, let's say that me and uh, Joe Tom, Joe are going to go out and make a movie, and we wouldn't because we don't know the first thing about it, but what was your first, so you write the screenplay, and then what did you guys do? Did you kind of look at each other like, well, we've got it written down, we've got all the parts, we've got the words, so what's the next step? Figuring out money? I would assume it would be. I think we went or to is the it film who's going to be in this Isn't movie? Isn't that what we did yeah. after the screenplay was done? We're like, okay, we can start moving forward now that we have a product. I think we went to the Minnesota Film Board first to see mm. if there's any way we could get some support and get some money. Yeah, and we found out fast that they told you to fuck you off. Can't. Yeah, <laughs> really. Do they give money to anybody or just or or no? They, they don't do it at all. Well, they have a they have like a grant system, mm-hmm. but 
for what we were doing that really didn't apply. Um, and it was between the film board and IFP, which is the independent feature mm-hmm. project, mm-hmm. kind of a nonprofit thing too. And they kept kind of sending us back and forth between the two and yeah. nobody was really like mm-hmm. willing to help us unless we had something to offer them, mm-hmm. which we really didn't. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of a, I mean, it, we might've learned a little bit about stuff like, pre-production and stuff a little bit by visiting with them but not really Mm -hmm. they didn't really have a hand in anything so let's say that so are are they only willing to jump in if it's like a social justice picture or if you have a big name is that what they look for yeah i think the content probably has something to do with it Mm -hmm. i think if you have like money to spend Mm -hmm. then they're they're gotcha hey we can help you save some money with gotcha tax incentives and right right or if you have like a you know an actor that'll bring mm-hmm. recognition or something, then I think that's where they right. they help out. Right, because their whole goal is to bring filmmaking to the cities, right? So yeah. that that's part of the city economy. Right, meaning you bring money into right. Cinequipped and Lights On these rental places. Yeah. But that is assuming you have money to spend right. to begin with. Right, yeah. right. So when you don't have that money, and you don't have any ins, mm-hmm. and you're just two guys that want to make a movie. Mm-hmm. You know, like Nick said, they're really, they're like, well, what you, the film board is like, what you really need is the IFP because they mm-hmm. can support you. And the IFP is like, well, you need to go to the film board because yeah. they've got the connections. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there was a lot of back and forth mm-hmm. with that. And eventually we just kind of realized that uh, if we're going to do this, we're just going to have to do it ourselves. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to crew up and cast up ourselves. Mm-hmm. Let's say, how often does this happen, do you think, in Minneapolis? How? And you guys know more than I do. I don't know. I've never. I don't know. I don't know any other independent films that came out of Minneapolis because I'm not that deep into the into the into the industry. How often does this happen? Does this happen a lot where people are like, "Yeah, I'm gonna make a movie," and they actually go out and do it, and you just you never hear of it because they never make it, or they don't you don't hear about it because it never gets finished. But how often do two people has that happened where two people sit down and they're like, "Yeah, let's do it." I'm assuming it must happen because there's these places that rent out equipment to do it, right? Well, or is it yeah, not that common? I don't know. No, so. Send equipped and lights on. They do a lot of their stuff for like uh, North Country came in and shot here. That, that's the name of the movie, right? Mm-hmm. With Charlize yeah. Theron. Yeah. When out of town productions come to the cities to mm. shoot here, and then that's where they'll rent a lot of stuff. Gotcha. Or um, commercial, a lot of commercial uh, advertising. Has a lot of commercial commercial uh, shoots and that sort of thing. Gotcha. So that, that's where they get their bread and butter. I see. But we're we're certainly not the only people to have made a feature right film. Right. Um, a lot of people do short films. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a handful of local filmmakers that do features um, on a regular basis, but those are few and far between. Mm-hmm. So I guess as far as how common it is, I don't know. I know that it's... I don't think independent feature filmmaking is super common in the Twin Cities. Mm-hmm. Again, there's a lot of short films and film festivals and... And a lot of filmmakers, and not to toot our own horn or anything, but it's a lot easier to do that stuff now than it was then because now you've Mm -hmm. got a smartphone. You could technically you could shoot a fucking high def movie on your goddamn phone. Mm -hmm. Better, yeah, I've heard of that. Better image than what we had Mm -hmm. on a fucking iPhone. Yeah, Yeah. right. And this was back before smartphones and all that stuff. I mean, in the movie, there's flip phones. So I mean, (laughs) you're kind of dated ourselves a little bit when you watch the movie. Now you see these flip phones in the movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. but yeah, I don't I don't know that it's it's super it's super common, but we aren't the first to do it and we weren't the last. No. Yeah. You know. Do you can you what what's a, what's a movie that was you know, low budget 
independent filmmaking shot in the Twin Cities that made somewhere, made something. Um, Does it, is there is there a name you guys can throw out that anybody in the audience would know of, or is it all pretty? There was a uh, man. I feel dumb right now because I can't think of the guy's name. Van de Steeg. Tim Van de Steeg. Yeah, he did Mulligan. He did that and stuff. Yeah. What was the? Uh, I can't remember the name of the Fall into Me. Yep. I think that got some festival um, play, and then um, Christopher Mim. He has a, a niche thing. He does um, like the fifties monster movie type stuff. Mm, he does mm-hmm. the the real campy. He shoots mm-hmm. everything in black and white. Mm-hmm. Um, he's God. He's probably got ten or twelve movies under his belt now, and he can do that full time. Yeah, there was a guy. I can't believe I can't remember his name because I kind of knew him. When I was in college, he was a little older than me. But Brady Kiernan made a movie called uh, Stuck Between Stations with mm. um, uh, Josh Hartnett, um, Michael Imperioli. Mm. So some oh, medium right. tier movies, but it, it was a very it was a good movie. Um, but that that I believe got a lot of festival play. Oh, it did. Okay, you can buy it on. So it happens. Home video. But it's just like anything else in the movie industry. It's you're competing against a billion other people. Yeah. Right. And half of them have, you know, some money from somewhere where they can make it or they have connections or they know somebody or they, right. Yeah. When you're stuck out in Minneapolis, at the outpost mm-hmm. known as Minneapolis, you don't have, this isn't, this isn't LA where there's people. I'm assuming you guys don't have a selection of, of talent, especially as far as actors and actresses go that you can choose from here that they have in New York or LA or, you know, right. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think it's, necessarily easier to do it in LA or New York mm-hmm. because there's so many other people trying to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas here, you know, yeah, you were a little more limited with your resources, but mm-hmm. there's a lot less people trying to do what you're trying to do. Right. Um, there's a lot less local competition yeah. here than there is right. out in LA or New York. But do you find, do you feel like you get, you don't get the same level of talent though, right? Cause no, you, but you not necessarily, but on the other hand, if you go to LA or New York and say, Hey, I'm shooting an mm-hmm. indie film and you're going to work for, you're going to work for uh, credit and copy mm-hmm. and, you know, deferred pay, they're mm-hmm. going to tell you to fucking pack sand. Right. Right. Whereas here it's very rare that you're going to go to someone and say, Hey, I'll give you, you know, a hundred dollars a day right. to be an actor in my movie. Right. I, practically everything is copy credit and right. deferred pay. Right. In this market, in Minneapolis. In this market, yeah, right. Yeah, unless yeah. it's unless it's an out of town production right. coming in, and right. they've already got, you know, they're unionized and they've got all this stuff, and right. then they bring people in on the what the SAG indie contracts. If they're not a SAG, a SAG uh, actor, they can still be mm-hmm. in the film if they sign waivers and do all this. It just and we looked in all that shit too, and that was fucking complicated yeah. as hell. Yeah, that was right. a bit above our. So, how did you find the people that you got for your picture? Um. Well, we met. A guy who we still talk to today, Justin Overlander, he's a really good friend of ours. Mm-hmm. Um, we met him when we were, we met him initially because we liked his, um, we liked his headshot as an actor for one of our roles. Mm-hmm. So we, we wanted to talk to him about being, um, being it as an actor, but he also was into directing a lot of production mm-hmm. stuff. And he had a connection that mm-hmm. was a casting director that uh. had a huge pile of people that he mm-hmm. could send out a casting notice and that we could mm-hmm. he dropped that name and he's like so talk to this guy and he could bring in a bunch of people mm-hmm. and then that's kind of how we i mean we did what three three full eight hour days of yeah. casting i think when we mm-hmm. brought in just a bunch of people whose headshots we liked mm-hmm. so I mean, we probably saw 
I don't know, 60, 80 people. Yeah, it's a lot. We saw a lot of people mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. these for these you know six key roles. I mean, I knew I was going to cast you as one of the yeah the, the backup parts are aren't as complicated, and, right? And but I knew need... Eric. I wanted him to play right. the best friend, right. but we needed to cast the lead. We needed to cast both the females. Right. We needed to cast you know we were we were mainly looking for the main the main characters, mm-hmm. and then out of that pool is where we started backfilling the smaller mm-hmm. speaking roles and that sort of thing. Um, but then, you know, we also brought on people that helped with extras wrangling and that sort of thing. So we had people coming in that would sign waivers and they would, you know, they would come in and be extras in the background and they didn't have any, they didn't have any speaking parts. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had people that were helping wrangle those. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I can't remember what we did. I can't remember if we casted first or if we crewed up first. Uh, you remember? No. Because we held a lot of interviews, so I, I can't remember. I think we put on the film board hotline is where we were, we were looking for a production manager and a sound engineer and, you know, whatever. We were looking yeah, for yeah. all the – and I think that's how we got um, crewed up is by the the film board hotline and the mm-hmm. casting yeah, was yeah. from Correct. from the casting notice, well, mm-hmm. from the casting Correct. director. But So all these people that you bring in, actors and actresses included – the first conversation I'm assuming that you have with them is this isn't a paid gig, right? Is well, that what you they know with? that coming into it because yeah. it's Minneapolis? They just expect that, and we put it in the. the oh, so they knew when they came in yeah, and, yeah. and, and so tried not out wasting that, anybody's time. Yeah. yeah, gotcha. So we tell them you get credit, you get a right. copy of the finished film, right. and you get deferred pay should it make any money. Right, 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 right. right. You know, feed you. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and food. Right. right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Right. Food is a big deal. You gotta right. gotta feed people. Right. Well, that gets to what I was talking about earlier. I mean, you got these people that are here working for free. You know, you can't guarantee them that this thing's going to work out. The least you can do is throw them a hamburger, right? I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, right. You have to if they're if they're doing it for free and they're taking up time out of their day to do this, you have to give them something, right? Uh, you know, if it's not pay, you got to give them something. Which that's a tough job, catering. I would bet yeah. it. Yeah, just oh god, that stressed me out. Well, we got we that. got lucky though. Mary and Randy, our production yeah. or our uh, location managers, they helped out a lot with some of that other stuff. Um, I think they were God. Did we we listed them as associate producers. Yeah, I think they ended up. We hired them as location managers to go out and find locations for mm-hmm. us. But they helped out with a lot of stuff. They they helped uh, finance a few things and they helped coordinate some of the meals and that sort of thing. So I mean, mm-hmm. they really stepped they up awesome. and did, yeah, mm-hmm. they did a lot of, I don't of, know if they're still doing work. it. Yeah, they were, but and they, they did it for great. free too. Oh yeah. If, what were they getting out of it? Cause that, I'm assuming that, I mean, location manager, is that something they ever expected? I mean, they were just starting out too. Oh, you know, gotcha. they're, yeah. they're a little older than us, but they're, you know, just kind of probably just looking for their break. And mm-hmm. is that a break that happens in Minneapolis? You can make your name as a location manager. I mean, they need them. Hmm. Yeah. I guess I was under the impression that these studios would send people out here that would do all that ahead well, of time. I didn't know. They, <clears throat> I think what a lot of studios, studios do is they, they might contact somebody local to be like, oh, gotcha. what do you have for this? Oh, yeah. gotcha. Okay. Um, and I know casting does the same thing. Like, okay. There's Lynn Blumenthal. She's a big local casting director, and I know that she works with a lot of the Hollywood stuff that comes in. And they'll, gotcha. They'll draw like, some of the smaller roles. Like, oh, okay. You're like, what do you have for, for these smaller right. roles? And right. And they don't have to pay for somebody to come out here. And right. So for the big movies, they've got the major characters that they get from L.A. or from wherever, people that they already know from out there. But they need smaller speaking roles or backup or uh, extra parts, and they'll yeah. go through her for something yeah. like that around here. Sure. Right. Gotcha. So 
you guys do the movie and it takes forever and the whole process your confidence didn't wane at all through the whole thing so the whole th- the whole time you guys are like ah this is gonna I mean, there this were is- a few times where it got a little dicey where we were just kind of like uh, we weren't sure if we were gonna finish it yeah mm-hmm. but the confidence that it would go somewhere never waned mm-hmm. for me right. i mean right. i don't know i'm not gonna speak for nick but mm-hmm. i personally i wasn't convinced that we were gonna pull through and get this whole thing shot mm-hmm. and completed with with the fact that we didn't have all the money when we started and it was scheduling was a big problem. And yep. we had a few people that were in our crew that sort of dropped off and yep. stopped doing things. Yep. And we were worried that we may lose people. And if yep. that happens, we won't finish the movie. But I always felt that if we finish this movie, mm-hmm. if we get it done and we can reach the finish line mm-hmm. and we can go into post-production, mm-hmm. we are going to go somewhere with mm-hmm. this. I, that never, mm-hmm. that never waned. I no. was convinced no. I was yeah. absolutely convinced I, that this was going to go somewhere. I was somewhere. like, if we don't finish filming it this summer, then we'll just figure it out mm-hmm. next summer. You know, it. Yeah. it is what it is. Mm-hmm. And, and you guys felt like you, that's the attitude you have to have. And, I, and it makes sense you'd have to have that attitude, I guess, because otherwise, when, and I'm assuming, because I'm assuming almost every day there's a hiccup, right? When yeah. you're making up, when you're For doing sure. something like this big. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, whether it's. Showing up at a location where all the doors are locked and yeah. right, well, you yeah. got twenty fucking extras standing in the seat and right. st- standing yeah. in the street and right. embarrassing. Your fucking location guy didn't show up, so right. you have nowhere to shoot. Right. Yeah. And that and that's <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, something like that, or something even I would think would be more of a headache is, and I don't you know, don't name names, but even more of a headache is when you've got people in your film that you know personality wise they either don't want to take direction or they think they're maybe a little bit bigger than what you are so they can kind of tell you to buzz off or they don't get along with someone else on the cast but yet on camera they're supposed to have this chemistry but but off camera you know they don't like each other so then you kind of have to worry about babysitting and and a lot of this comes down on the director side i realize but you guys are both it's you're both of your operations so you're kind of both on the hook for that I guess I would assume that with all those hiccups and all these things that happen that come along like that, especially comes to personality issues, because from from everything I've heard, even you know big time productions out west, I I say out west like you have to ride a horse to get there, have that kind of (laughs) issues, right? Like you hear horse stories all the time about Christian Bale and some of these actors and their you know they get fucking attitudes or they think they don't have to do something or I don't have to listen to you or hey that guy can't act and it's affecting me and I get it that you probably don't deal with that as much locally. Because these folks are all trying to make a break. They're not big enough to act like that. But uh, I would... Ass- it's a microcosm. I really mm. think it's it's a lot of the same stuff you would deal with really? out in L.A. I mm-hmm. think you deal with here. It's just you're not working with the budget and you're not working with the numbers. So even the people who know they're not getting paid still have that attitude of, I'm bigger than this? Even though they've say, never made it? They've never, they've never made it. Who are you? I wouldn't say that necessarily, but everyone goes into it. So everyone everyone that signed up for this movie thought it could go somewhere mm-hmm. and was wanting it to punch their own ticket mm-hmm. so an actor they may not necessarily think that the movie is going to go somewhere but they think that if they're a really good actor mm-hmm. and that if we get into the festival circuit maybe the movie sucks balls but someone will pick them mm-hmm. out as being good mm-hmm. so everyone has something to gain mm-hmm. so everyone is invested in it mm-hmm. and there are you know there were some people that were all about hey you know these characters, you wrote these characters, mm-hmm. you're directing, you tell me what you need, you tell me what you want, mm-hmm. and I'll do my best to do it. Mm-hmm. There were others that were like, well, no, I kind of think that my character would do this, mm-hmm. or I kind of think my character would do that. Mm-hmm. And there's this give and take. You can't just, you hired an actor for a reason, and they're going to bring something to the role that you didn't envision. You can't just pigeonhole them into 
your original concept for this because each one, each person is. Mm-hmm. See, you have to deal with that individuality, and you have to expect that that's going to be part of the gig. And there were a few people that were tough to work with. I'm sure there were. Some people were really fucking prepared. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They had all their lines memorized. Like, what the funny thing is, like the day that we showed up, where everyone was the most prepared, was the day you and Joe mm-hmm. were on set mm-hmm. because you guys weren't actors. Right. I don't know how much time you guys spent mm-hmm. memorizing your lines or anything mm-hmm. like that, but it was obvious that you guys put your work in because you showed up on set that day, and you're like. Whatever happens, we're not going to be the guys that fuck this up. Right, right, right. You right. never said that. That was our attitude, though. That yeah. was absolutely right. your attitude. We can't blow it for everyone else. Right. right. That's right. exactly the way you went into it. Is right. Because you're like, if this falls apart, it's not going to be because of me. Right. That's exactly right. And yep. you were very prepared. Yep. You knew your fucking lines backwards and forwards. Right. And other people weren't that way. Yeah. And that was a challenge. It was tough to deal with that. And I won't say that necessarily it was because someone's an asshole or a prima donna, mm-hmm. but they every everyone's different man mm-hmm. and it's it's a lot you deal with that same shit in la and yeah you deal with it here too just mm-hmm. because they may disagree with it they may think that they they don't see the big picture they don't see like nick and i knew when when we came up with this concept we knew it was gonna be clerks and swingers combined mm-hmm. we knew the style mm-hmm. yeah. and when i wrote the screenplay i could see this these scenes acted out in my mm-hmm. head i could mm-hmm. see the performances i could see what was going to happen these people don't see that mm-hmm. they can only see the words in front of them and how they would do it they don't know how this is going to cut together in, mm-hmm. the, in the final edit they don't get that mm-hmm. so they either trust you as a director and rely on you you know, when you say, no, this is how we're doing it because this is how it's going to play out in the finished product, they mm-hmm. trust that or they don't. And yeah. some people did, some people didn't. Yeah. You how know? do you, so you guys, uh, you know, uh, so how do you, how do you, how do you, yeah, and I, I'm trying to say, I'm trying to word this without sounding like a prick, but you guys weren't, you guys aren't, weren't a big deal uh, when you started this. And when you brought all these people into the room and you asked them for all these hours of work and you asked them for all this commitment, they don't know you from anyone else. You're just a couple of dudes. They just met in a, in a goddamn storage shed doing auditions for parts, right? Or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, or whatever. They have no idea who you guys are. Yeah. So how did you, so, you know, so how do you go about developing that trust? How do you develop that rapport where you're, how do you convince them that, hey, I know what's best for this picture? I, I don't, I, I'm not sure that you can just say, hey, I wrote this so I know what's best. You just do your job. I wrote this so I know what's best for the part. Because like you said, you have to juggle what they're bringing to the role. Mm-hmm. And if somebody brings something to the role that you didn't anticipate or that you like better, you have to be open to that kind of thing. Otherwise, Absolutely. if you're totally closed-minded, you're shutting yourself out, right? Yeah, like you might sure. lose something. That's why so, you hire actors is because they bring that stuff. But how do you build yeah. that rapport with these people? How do you convince them that they can trust you to do the right thing? How do you convince them when you say to them, hey, uh, you know, you've never heard of us. You don't know us. We haven't done this before. It's our first time. There's no money involved. Uh, but man, we're hopeful. Like, how do you convince them like they should take your direction? I think part of that, honestly, is because I don't know who they are either. Yeah. Everyone everyone realizes that we're all at the beginning mm-hmm. and we're starting. We're trying to do something. Mm-hmm. We're trying to get our foot in the door. Mm-hmm. Um, but what was really interesting, though, is that everyone sort of fell into place from mm-hmm. the table reading. I mean, there was Eric told me he helped out with casting. He was signing people in. Um helping signing people in because he, he was already cast mm-hmm. as, in the role of, of Eric mm-hmm. in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the actors that came in to read was asking all these questions about what is the director like? Is he mm-hmm. going to be okay if I do this? Or is he going to get mad at me if I do that? Mm-hmm. And he was, you know, thinking I was some, you know, 
um, prima donna. Michael Bay, motherfucker. Right, Michael yeah. Bay, motherfucker. Yeah. I mean, right, right. you those roles, yeah. because everyone is into filmmaking and they know what a mm-hmm. director is and what a producer is and mm-hmm. what a director of photography is and what an mm-hmm. actor is and what they do, everyone has these predefined roles. So you kind of, I don't know, I felt like we sort of just slid into those roles. Yeah. Everybody mm-hmm. knows that the DP is the coolest guy on. <laughs> which is actually, <laughs> which is actually true. No. It was the um, most cool headed. of Yeah. Like, that's for sure. Like, honestly, like when we started, I didn't, I didn't trust anyone. I didn't, I don't blame you. You know, when we got going, like I was like, God, is this sound going to be okay? Like, mm. right. You know, like, do these guys know what I'm trying to light? Do they know what I'm doing? Like, right. trying to do. And I mean, <clears throat> towards the end of it, it was just Chad and I. <laughs> in the end, mm-hmm. really was like, left for crew. Mm-hmm. Like, and it was no fault to the the people. I mean, some people just said, you know, I'm done. Yeah, you know that. They, I'm they not just in, lost I'm interest not, in the project. I'm not in it anymore. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And some guys legitimately just had to go do what they had to do mm-hmm. um but the guys that that really helped out and like towards the end kind of we started to jive with we we brought them back for you know a second time mm-hmm. and we did the other one um but yeah at the beginning it was it was tough because i was just like god I'm just, and part yeah. of it was like i'd never i mean my most of my background was in documentary stuff mm-hmm. when you're doing that I am in charge of everything. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm doing the sound. I'm doing the video. I'm doing it all. So right. I know it's going to work. Right. right. But now when somebody else is doing it, it's like, well, yeah. and mm-hmm. I, and I, I, you know, I would, I would, I would say that if I were you, I'd be looking at it one as this is my, this is my, my pet, right? Like this is your first, your guys's first joint, um, uh, operation together. But then, so not only did you invest all your time and energy and excitement and arranging logistics and setting this up and all the time that you spent into it, so there's that of, are these people going to blow it after I put all this time and energy into it? But Mm -hmm. then, and I hate to keep coming back to money, but maybe that's all I care about. I think it probably is. I'm a money guy. Uh, The money, you know, you guys, yeah, you guys didn't have a $100 million budget that you were worried about blowing, but of your, you know, whatever you said, 35 grand is what it ended up being at the end of the day is what you spent. I don't know. I mean, part of that came out of your pockets. Part of it came out of other people's pockets. Or, you know, if you had, you know, you did fundraising and you had some donation kind of stuff, I think. Yeah. So I think part of it would be that pressure too of, hey, this person gave us $5,000, yeah. you know, with their best intentions yeah. of, we expect something quality out of this, right? Absolutely. That's a lot of money. Yeah. So part of it would be that pressure of, they're going to screw up my pet project. But then I feel like part of it would be like, hey, I've got other people's money on the line here. Don't fuck this up. Yeah. Like other people invested in this. We were lucky with the investment um, piece. Everyone that gave us money, they weren't, they weren't like, "Hey, I need, a, I need a, a role in the editing room. I need uh-huh. a final cut. I need to mm-hmm. choose what kind of music you guys." Mm-hmm. It was, it was, yeah. it was all. You know what? You guys do your movie. Mm-hmm. We're investing. We believe in you. Mm-hmm. You do what you need to do. So mm-hmm. we didn't have to worry about any of that fucking oversight from, mm-hmm. from investors. And they all fully understood that they were probably not getting their money back. Right, right. So Yeah. Because how does that work? I, I And I, I don't know. I mean, I, and legally speaking, I don't know if you guys had it all drawn up on paper or how that, yeah. I would assume mm-hmm. you probably had to. Contracts yeah. and stuff. But yeah. I would assume that the first people to get paid are 
is the the people that acted right? You have no, you, no the people who gets money first. Oh, okay. Should it make money? Everyone that invested money gets their money first, and okay. if there's money left over, that goes to the that goes oh, to see. everyone that we offered deferred pay to. And you guys are third on the list as far as money you get to bring home, right? Pretty much, right, right. Well, and that makes sense. Yeah. The people last that, on the you know, list, yeah. yeah, you're they're doing you a favor by acting in your movie. And for that's free. the difference between a Hollywood or a, a union production right. is like when we tried to make another movie, we actually set up a budget of mm-hmm. a couple hundred thousand dollars because we were like, well, fuck this i'm a director i'm going to get a director's wage i'm mm-hmm. not going to make what hollywood directors are making no. but i'm going to get getting i'm going to get paid x amount of dollars mm-hmm. per day nick mm-hmm. is a producer and a director of photography he's going to get this much we're mm-hmm. both editors we're mm-hmm. going to get this much mm-hmm. actors are going to get this much we set it up that way yeah ideally that's how you do it mm-hmm. but when you're on a shoestring budget well yeah and right. You're offering people this incentive for deferred pay. Right. And you have to pay the people back that gave you money to begin right. with. They're the first, no, right. no matter what. Right. And then, you know, it's it's a great deal if you make a lot of money because right. then if you only, you know, if you offered your lead actors $150 a day, mm-hmm. okay, you're only out a couple grand. If this made a lot of money, right. all our investors are paid back. They get a percentage of, you know, right. whatever up to a certain amount. Right. So, like, they get 100% reimbursement plus up to 150 or something like that. And at some point it maxes yeah, out. If this yeah. would have made a bunch of money, right. Nick and I would be sitting pretty right now right. because we would have been able to split 50-50 everything that was left right. over yeah. after the investors were paid back right. and after the deferred pay went out. Right. And the next time, if you guys decided to make another film, you guys are the seed money now, which should feel a lot more comfortable, I would think. <laughs> Right, you don't have to worry about where you're going to find money because a bulk of it can come out of your Except own. Except that the golden rule is that you never spend your own money to make a movie. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, never spend your own money. Oh, well, that's a. It's <laughs> kind of a. That's why people like Spielberg. Spielberg doesn't finance his own movies. Well, of course not. Done. No, I well, but he's got a name that yeah, nobody expects him to, right? I mean, I'd give Spielberg all the money in my bank account to make a movie because I know I'll get my money back. Right. The only person I can think of right off the top of my head that financed his own movie is Mel Gibson when he did Passion of the Christ. Hmm. And I don't even know that was that wasn't all only his money. Part of that was from Icon Productions, but some of it was his own he put money. Up a lot. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. So. Okay, well let's let's get to so you guys got the movie made, uh, you guys did all the editing, all the cutting. I'm assuming that took forever. We won't get into the details of that because no one knows what you're talking about anyway. Uh, you got it all put together. You had to get soundtrack involved. You guys went out and found music to put behind it. Um, yeah. That was a process. I'm assuming of finding a band that was willing to give you music for free, right? Yeah. Or on the on the in promise that they'll get money back if it makes money. Yeah, right. It is was, that how it music works as well? Sort of yeah, thing. Right, it was right. like if we release a soundtrack, you'll get right. X amount of dollars right. in profits at right. the soundtrack. Right. Yeah, and so credit you, in the movie. You guys, so. do you go through this whole process? You get it made, and what's that next step? Then you start trying to get into festivals right away. Yep. Was that the first thing? Yeah. And is getting into a film festival as easy as it sounds, or is it <laughs> a pain in the ass? Is it literally you go on a website and put your information in and send them a copy and they say yes or no? You have to pay them. You have to pay them. Just to enter your movie, you have to pay them, yes. which I guess makes sense. Yeah, so, what was the what's the going what's the going rate on a film festival entry? Would you say back then? I think it was between twenty five and fifty bucks, depending on the. The smaller ones are twenty five fifty. I think like Sundance and Slam Dance and More. South by Southwest. I think those were probably hundred bucks. Sure, right, which makes sense, right? Yeah, because if you make it into one of those, that's a big deal. So yeah. I would I understand why they want to make money on that. Yeah. Um. So you send them a copy of your picture. I like to say picture. Picture. Uh, they give you give them the money, and they would view it. And then what? A month later, they come back and say no or yes. How long does it take for them to get back Usually to you? Usually, they don't tell you. 
Okay. If, if they, they announce who's in. Ah. Yeah. And you read this. So it's like making the high school play. If your name's not on the list, you're not in. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. The Sundance yeah. Day. It's just like. Did yep. you, is that the one you had your hopes up highest for? Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's every indie filmmaker's yeah. dream, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Yeah. How many do they take per year, uh, or is it changing every year? It's it's so different now. They oh. have so many different programs. Oh, they, gotcha. It's yeah. There's so more now. The movies came out that were going to be a part of it. You didn't make the cut. Yeah. Oh. And then so you, I'm assuming you shot for the the top, the 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 big ones first, and then you started scaling down as you were getting rejected. Gotcha. Well, shoot for Sundance no, first because you know. we looked at we looked at the schedule. So like Toronto International Film Festival, yeah. I believe that is. <clears throat> We call it TIFF. God, I, yeah, TIFF. I don't yeah. remember when. Very good. It Thank is. you. Is it really? Yeah. It is yes! TIFF. It is TIFF. Um, <laughs> I did my research for this show. Yeah. All of them All of them have uh, submission deadlines. Okay. So we knew that we wanted. So the reason oh, we wanted to wrap mm-hmm. and get everything done by the fall mm-hmm. was because the Sundance submission, I think it was August or September. And when we realized yeah. that we weren't going to make that, mm-hmm. we, then we... You know, we're like, well, we're going to hit all these big festivals. So we came up with a list, mm-hmm. basically, mm-hmm. as we're looking at Sundance, Slamdance, South by Southwest, mm-hmm. Toronto, uh, I think Berlin. I think we actually, <laughs> <laughs> I think I don't think we submitted to Khan. No, no, because we knew that that was too artsy fartsy. Mm-hmm. But we knew that there were some big ones that we wanted to hit. Then I'm missing a few of them, but yeah. there are smaller ones like just plain old LA Film Festival, mm-hmm. um, Oxford International Film Festival, mm-hmm. the um, Hamptons. Uh, we did Minneapolis, Saint Minneapolis, Paul. St. Mm-hmm. Paul International Film Festival, Fargo, Fargo. International Film Festival. Mm-hmm. You know, so we we wanted to get a mishmash. Mm-hmm. We wanted to go for the big ones where mm-hmm. it was where there was likely that there would be studios or distributors right. there right. that would pick us right. up. Right, right. But we also wanted to get the smaller ones. At least that way we could get a a crowd or a, a following, some a fan base, yeah. so that if we had to do self distribution, that we would have people that were interested. Yeah. You know, at that point. Yeah. So we, we kind of ran the gamut yeah. as far as which ones we chose. Did so you get into any? No. None? Okay. No. We applied to 21 film festivals, mm-hmm. got rejected by all of them. So yep. after that happened, um, you went out. So when, when did the Netflix thing come into play? Was that after you tried for the festivals? We never got Netflix. Yeah, you did because it was mail order. I've, I, I've, I saw it on Netflix. Horror House you did, not Icebreaker. Oh, Right. Right. Yeah. Right. So, so you tried for the festivals, didn't get in any of them. That's when you tried for Netflix, but it didn't happen. No, that's when we got a distributor. Gotcha. Gotcha. So you got a distributor. If I remember correctly, that was a pain. That was a headache, wasn't it? That was a major headache. And yeah. It fucked us. Yeah. I was going to yeah. say, didn't that turn out bad? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're still technically signed with them. Right. Because it's a 25 year distribution. Deal. Right. But the joke's on them. They're not making any money on it either. No, I think they're defunct now, to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, I don't think they're I mean, thing anymore. We could probably right now sell this movie right. without worrying about breach of contract. Because they're out of business? Because I think they're out of business. I yeah. mean, they were supposed to send us sales reports or at least keep us up to date on yeah. what they're submitting and what they're trying to do yeah. and all this stuff. They, and they never shit. did any of that. No. no. So, God, imagine how many filmmakers got fucking roped into that fucking schism of fucking oh yeah how many guys are in the same boat you're in from around the country that thought that they could so you guys signed on with them it didn't pan out it was a pain in the ass at what point did you guys look at each other and be like well we did all we could you know once we signed that distribution deal it was was like it's dead there we go after we signed it we're like well now we can only hope that they can sell it to a foreign film film markets and and all this stuff and maybe get some international deals Mm -hmm. and 
hope that they get it on the shelves and blockbuster mm-hmm. and hope that they get it on netflix and mm-hmm. all that stuff and they never did any of it and it was kind of once we signed that paperwork and we knew that it was theirs mm-hmm. for 25 years yeah. after we kind of saw you know after a few months i mean like initially our hopes were high because we were trending on imdb mm-hmm. we were in the top 100 most viewed mm-hmm. um films mm-hmm. on imdb period so we were up there with grindhouse yeah. and on all this stuff yeah. and our popularity had skyrocketed yeah. And we're like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, you, you know, guys we're thought thinking, this is it. We're thinking this is it. Holy shit. This You're looking is, at this real estate listings in Malibu. This is looking yeah. awesome. Yeah. So we called our distributor. We're like, yeah. what's going on here? We're just going crazy on fucking IMDb. The yeah. search engine is just going nuts. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, we don't know. We're going to look into it because we haven't sold it anywhere. And we're like, well, fuck. Came back a few days later. They're like, yeah, something got leaked. It got pirated. Like, uh, oh, how, why does that matter? I don't understand that. Because it got pirated, and that's where all these people came across our movies because someone stole it, and they got it from a torrent site, and then they were just curious about it, and they looked us up on IMDb. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. So your movie got leaked, huh? It got leaked. Huh. Yeah. I didn't know that. I never yeah. heard that. Yeah. Huh. We were, God, I, I can't remember what the highest was, but we were in the 60s, I think. Because it has, yeah. like, IMDb yeah. has this thing where it's like the top 100 trending movies. Yeah. Mm. And we were in the upper 60s. So wow. we were up there with these big Hollywood yeah, productions yeah. that yeah. were in pre-production yeah. and that yeah. sort of thing. We're like, holy shit, yeah. we're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Yeah. Not really. <laughs> no. So you had the the uh, that moment where you're like, well, it didn't work out. Uh, you know? Sometimes they mm-hmm. don't. Sometimes it doesn't work. And we won't, I, won't, I, won't, I don't want to get into all the details of the second movie you guys did because I'm going to be honest, I don't even know who... I don't even know who wrote. Like, did you guys write that movie? Co-wrote it. Okay, Justin. I didn't even know. I didn't know. For some reason, I, I always assumed that you guys were brought on to just to do a part for that movie. I didn't know that you guys were a part of the making of that movie. Yeah. I didn't we know were, that. I, I didn't know, like, you guys. I thought we were executive producers. We co-wrote it. I directed. Nick shot it. No, I knew that part. I thought you guys were brought in just to direct and, and shoot, though. I didn't no, know that you we were had in charge in of the pre-production. Oh, and I, oh yeah. I didn't know that. We okay. Kind of okay. Justin, you helped Justin, Emily, Nick, and I yeah. all kind oh. of built it up from the ground. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Justin, Justin, it was Justin's show. He it was, was his. Producer. He was yeah. doing yeah. dealing with the headaches on that one. Yeah. Yeah. That was kind of nice. I'm that sure was. it was. Yeah. So, and and again, I won't. This won't be uh, a long thing on that movie, but uh, that one. So that was a horror picture. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm assuming it was the same kind of thing where you were getting people for free, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't because it was a local. It was no names. Um, at the end of it, what all happened with that? Did that end up going anywhere? Then, that went Netflix, obviously, because we just talked about yeah, it. Yeah, that same, same distribution deal, pretty much with the same company. Oh. Um, but for whatever reason, they were able to get it on pay-per-view. They were able to get it on Netflix. Um, mm-hmm. But it never it never made enough money where mm-hmm. any of us saw anything. They tried for it. festivals, too, and didn't get in any of them? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Now, I'm assuming, because horror is such a... It's it's got it's it's its own, and I I might sound like a fool here, I'm, and you, Nick, you can correct me, but as far as I know, horror the horror genre is its own monster, its own beast, as far yeah. as in cinema goes, right? They there's people who just live to watch B roll horror movies yeah, and no name horror. It's films. It's pretty much the only genre where you can make a shitty movie. And That's still what I'm getting at. Yeah. Right, 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 yeah. right. Which is which was kind of why we yeah why we did it because mm-hmm. we knew that we could get by with not having a huge budget mm-hmm. and there would still be a fucking audience for mm-hmm. it yeah because there's people who just watch those i mean isn't there people out there that love those movies like the yeah mm-hmm. you know 
no names and the and the kind of rough cuts and the cheap gore and the not to say your guys was cheap gore but uh, you some know. of it was some of it yeah, wasn't right. some of it actually the we spent a lot of money on one effect that was eh, and then we spent a very little amount of yeah. money on another effect that was pretty fucking good yeah. the cheap ketchup <laughs> looked better than the real ketchup yeah, yeah. right 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 you uh so that movie so you guys were tied to that one it didn't kind of had the same result it made it a little bit further with the netflix thing but yeah. nobody ever showed interest in it it didn't get picked up and that no. was no one ever got contacted and it was dead yeah yeah and that's where we are today. How long ago was that that you guys that that project ended? What year well, was we that? We shot Icebreaker in 06. Right. We shot Horror House in 07. Yeah. Horror House was released in 08 and Icebreaker was released in 09. So by 2010 you guys were back to flatline. You had you didn't have anything on the burner. Well, no, no I know that's what I'm getting started. at. Right, that's what I'm getting at. So at 2010 you guys were looking for something new, right? Cuz yeah. Horror House was shut down. Icebreaker was done. They yeah. were all out. You did all you could for them, and they're done. Yeah. yeah. Then the idea came up for... Earthbreaker. Earthbreaker, right. Yeah. And the sci-fi, the funny sci-fi yes. space balls, airplane yes. type. Yeah. Now, are you both involved in that one as much, or was that more your Chad's deal, or were you guys, did you guys do that together again? Icebreaker, take two. Same thing. Same thing. So Nick and yeah. I talked about it. We yeah. talked about the concept, because mm-hmm. I was dealing with... I was fucking around with After Effects, which mm-hmm. is a software program, the compositing stuff mm-hmm. we use for special effects. Mm-hmm. I was kind of dick around with that, and I was telling Nick, man, we could do some really funny stuff with mm-hmm. some bad special effects, and we kind of talked about it. And I wrote the screenplay, mm-hmm. brought it to Nick. We're like, yeah. yep, let's fucking do it. Yeah. Only this time, let's do it right, and let's get a budget. So we okay. did a GoFundMe, or not a GoFundMe. Uh, I think it was Indiegogo. Indiegogo. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. Indiegogo yeah. campaign, trying to get $250,000 yeah. or something like that. Yeah. How much get? We didn't do it. We huh? didn't make it. <laughs> you got to like two twenty nine, and then we, got, we made a we got a thousand bucks. Okay, well, yeah. yeah. So that died. Oh, no, it's dead. I didn't okay. go anywhere. So now what? Now what year was that? That was two thousand eleven, twelve. When was that? 20, that you guys were heavy into that. Twenty twelve. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, so for the last seven years, has there been any talk between you two of maybe you know? Getting your dicks hard again, or is this is it dead? Uh, I don't know. I, or is that I a mean, question for each of you individually? Maybe you haven't talked about it. I don't know. No, I mean honestly, after Earthbreaker, that kind of took the wind out of our sails. Okay, because we didn't. That wasn't a movie that we could do the same way we did Icebreaker. Mm-hmm. We needed some money mm-hmm. because the special effects were going to be bad mm-hmm. on purpose, mm-hmm. but there still is a certain amount of expertise in doing expertise that, that you mm-hmm. need to have and yeah. some of that required money it required sets it required wasn't animation. it green screen heavy studios very yeah. very green screen heavy. right and it you had to have that facility work. yeah yeah so i mean it still required required money and mm-hmm. we just didn't have it and after after that kind of fell through we we're kind of like well i don't know what's next mm-hmm. i mean i'd still love i mean if if i had a groundswell of money right now mm-hmm. And Nick was wanted to do it. I would mm-hmm. love to shoot Icebreaker. I, that it's it was a very funny screenplay. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's it's really it would be a it'd be it'd be great to see that fucker. So if one of you yeah. fell into a hundred hundred thousand dollars out of nowhere, however much it was two thirty whatever you guys wanted, it would probably happen again if you ha- if you if one of you had it that you didn't need it for something else. I'd I'd do it. I'd do it. You guys I both mean, be in, if, huh? if I had if I had the knowing money, that I could the, do Earthbreaker. Knowing that you're yeah. all for two so far, you'd still do a third Absolutely. one to put your time and energy into it? Yep. If the money was there, yeah. yeah. I'd totally do it. Yeah. For sure. So it's worth the time and energy commitment because it's something you love to do. Oh yeah. Right. 
Right. Yeah. And it was a blast. I mean, that's, right. that's one thing is that I look at, you know, Icebreaker and Horror House. They were both technically failures. Mm-hmm. But I look back on that and I say, well, how many fucking people can say that they've actually made a feature film? Correct. Right. I, I don't, don't care any, how good no. the feature film is. No, the fact any. is, is that I fucking did it. Yeah. Yep. Nick fucking did it. You guys it. did it twice. And we yeah. didn't do it shoot in our backyard. We had fucking actors. We had a screenplay. We had right. producers. Right. We had some money that was put into it. Yeah. You know, we did it the right way. We tried to do it the right way with the money that we had and with the resources that we had. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that was so fun. Yeah. Yeah. That was so fun when mm-hmm. we were doing it, man. I mean, it was stressful. Mm-hmm. It was stressful as fuck. And some mm-hmm. of those nights when we're shooting at Brothers with all these drunks in the bar <laughs> and we're trying to fucking yeah. set up Dolly Track with all these drunk assholes oh, getting man. in our fucking shit. Mm-hmm. But, man, looking back on it, it's like, holy mm-hmm. shit, what an experience. And that's something you couldn't trade for the world. Yeah. So I, I don't think it was a failure. Mm-hmm. No. Monetarily it was, but I don't regret doing it. That's mm-hmm. for Absolutely sure. not. <clears throat> Last question. Mm. How, if at all, and I know for you it has, because I've talked to you, I remember talking are you to you pointing a little bit about at it. Right now? Chad, sorry. Okay. <laughs> Nick, I don't, I, Nick, I've never asked about this because Nick's in a different situation than Chad is because Nick's got kids at home and, and a wife at home and it's, it's, he's a little more, a little more tied, tied to Minnesota, I think maybe, but how, how, after all this was dead and after, after a horror house didn't make it and you're like, oh fuck, now what? Did you ever think about making the move out to LA to 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 give it a shot out in the heartland? Mm-hmm. I know Chad did because we talked about it. Yeah, Nick never. No, you just got too much going on here, right? Yeah. There, you wouldn't work. Yeah. Um, if you didn't have a family here, if you were a single swinging bachelor, would you do it? Yeah, you would. Yeah, you'd already be out there, huh? Yeah. What would you try? What would you be doing out there? Do you think? Trying to work your way up to be like for uh, camera work, probably a photographer. Or, or- Gaffer mm-hmm. or something like that. Because it works like it does here, right? Like you could go out there and work on small movies and try to get your name out mm-hmm. there and that's yep. how you can get picked up. Yep. Yeah. Chad, you thought about it, but logistically it just turned into a disaster, right? I mean, the money I just, and the... The money scared the shit out of me yeah. just because it's so expensive yeah. out there and I would have to work two or three because with my degree, yeah. I don't have the fucking qualifications to do jack shit. Right. So I'd have to work two or three part-time jobs just to fucking do something and right. then I thought about getting in at entry level as a PA and I'd spend 10 years trying to work my way up and I may never ever get to a director Mm -hmm. role. And it's like something that if I want, if I were in LA, I would want to do the same thing I did here. And that Mm -hmm. is find some money and direct my own movie, Mm -hmm. not start as a PA and then work up Mm -hmm. to a third AD, second AD, first AD, Mm -hmm. do that for 10 years and then maybe get my shot at directing a Mm -hmm. studio. I just, I was like, no, Mm -hmm. I'd want to do the same thing I'm doing here. Mm -hmm. Well, if that's the case, why not just do it here when I've got mm-hmm. a fucking full-time job and a house? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have anything tying me down here. Right. But I do have financial stability right. tying right. me down here, which right. is something I wouldn't have in L.A. Right, right, right. Hmm. Yeah, and it, it I shot something for <clears throat> Justin mm-hmm. out in L.A. Mm-hmm. a number of years ago. Mm-hmm. And it was it was pretty small scale, like very small scale, mm-hmm. like very low budget. And, you know, it, it was fun. I had a great time doing it. Mm-hmm. And, can say that I did it now and but it really wasn't any different than mm-hmm. than doing it here. And I mean it, it was cool cuz there there's a palm tree. Yeah, right. And you're in yeah. LA. Right, 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 right. And yeah. uh but I mean I like the twin cities. It's Yeah. It's a beautiful city and cities and I think it's 
Just as easy. I don't know. Fun so if you ever get the opportunity again, you'd jump back in if you had, like yeah. he just said, if you guys yeah, found yeah. $300,000 laying around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I right. don't know. Like I've changed a lot physically oh. <laughs> since then. And I don't mm-hmm. know if, mm-hmm. like I, if I had back surgery and mm-hmm. that kind of sidelined me for a while. It still does to an extent, but you know, I'd, I'd give it a go. You yeah. could still be a DP. wouldn't necessarily have to be the cameraman. Yeah. You I know, know and that's yeah. the thing with like mm-hmm. Icebreaker and Horror House. Nick was the director of photography, but mm-hmm. he was also the camera operator. Mm-hmm. operator too, yeah. And that's you tough. Know, yeah, yeah. That's, I, that's I stole work. the camera like one scene in the Horror House and one scene in Icebreaker. I mm-hmm. wanted to steal the camera just so I could say that as a director, I operated mm-hmm. the camera once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I tell you what, that is a whole nother fucking thing. I mean, it's, <laughs> physically mm-hmm. it's very demanding mm-hmm. especially when you're talking about long takes mm-hmm. and it just, it's it's fucking crazy i don't know mm-hmm. how you did it man mm-hmm. i I couldn't do it for a whole fucking feature length movie it's just it's it's fucking it's tough work mm-hmm. it's really tough work mm-hmm. yeah hmm. All but right. you can still be a director of photography and not run the camera. Right, can, right, right. You can right. still set up lighting right. and tell your gaffers, hey, you're putting this there, you're putting right. that there. Right. Light it this way, shoot it this way. You can still be a DP yeah. without actually being behind the camera yeah. all the time. Yeah. Right. Hmm. That's it. All right. Thanks, so man. anybody out there that wants to make your movie, go ahead. Have fun. There yeah. you go. If you got yeah, a couple totally, hundred thousand like, dollars, you won't regret it because Earthbreaker is really fucking funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. JB has a part in it too, yeah. if we ever get it made. Yeah. And, and like, yeah, like you said, just keep doing it like anyone that's listening. Like, I used to have this huge aversion to short films. Mm-hmm. Like, I just didn't get it. Yeah. But lately, I've been watching just tons of really good short films. Mm-hmm. And just like, so like simple, but like, I don't know. Just it's still a, doing it. If you got an you idea, know. just do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like I'm not, I try to stay up to date with what's going on in town, but I'm not plugged into it anymore at all. Mm-hmm. But, no, but I mean, there's people out there making good stuff here and you know, I like to watch it. So mm. if you're listening, keep it up, keep doing it. Just because we fail doesn't mean you will. No, right? no, no. Yeah. But I think it's, I think, you know, I don't think I'm sounding too negative to say that I think your guys' experience is probably more familiar to people than, the other way right i I would assume more people don't make it than do as far as make it i mean like make a movie that makes it into festivals and and maybe gets picked up somewhere else yeah i I can't i can't think of anyone locally that made a splash in hollywood by coming out of the twin cities and being hey look at us we're awesome right i mean the coen brothers lived here yeah but they didn't blood simple wasn't shot here Mm -hmm. they didn't make their make their bones out of the indie film circuit mm-hmm. in, in the twin cities. Mm-hmm. They're just, they're from here. We like to take credit for them though. That's what Minnesota does. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Again. Oh, we do. We do that with everybody. If there's any local tie, if you spent five minutes in the state, you're ours. Yeah. Right. Uh, all right. Well, like, like when I was in school, yeah. um, so I went to the, um, college in Minneapolis film school and, when I was starting out, um, Chad mentioned Tim Vandersteeg earlier, yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, he was just making the movie uh, Mulligan yeah. at the time, mm-hmm. and he had just signed a huge <clears throat> deal with Subway. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's for right. Product placement, and mm-hmm. they gave yeah. him like a hundred thousand dollars, or I'm, mm-hmm. I don't, maybe it wasn't that much. I don't remember, but just as like a young first year student here, and like 
this guy who's been going to school here for a few years now is now getting this deal and my professor at the time was like yeah miramax is is flying him out Mm -hmm. next week to talk to him about it and i don't think anything came of it with that with that movie but just to hear that you know it was just like oh man can do it yeah right people who do it and you know did he ever make anything out of himself he made some some other stuff um he passed away oh uh last year Oh, no, it's probably been four or five years oh, now. okay. Yeah. It's, yeah, I mean, he was, I think he was living out west and doing yeah, stuff. Yeah, I think he, he did, was out in LA. He made a really good documentary about a long-distance runner. Oh, that's right. I can't remember. My Run or something yeah. like that. Mm. So he was doing stuff. But mm. Yeah, I don't know. Well, All right. All right, then. Thank thanks. you. Yeah, thank thanks, you. buddy. Thanks. Yeah. That's kind of a shitty way to end the show. Well, it's kind of why I'm just, just my, my dauber's a little down. I feel like, you know, maybe it can happen. Dreams okay. don't come true, you know. Well, more often than not, they don't, but God, whatever. it's a negative take. Yeah. yeah. But hey, at least we made a fucking movie. Goddamn That's right. Cool. I've never done it. Well, you've been in it, though. Uh, you were in Icebreaker. So uh, no, but I've never made, made a movie. I've never made a movie. You've been in a movie that's that been made. That being said, I think I could do it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I got the eyes for it. Yeah. You know? you yeah. All right, then. Thank you. Bye. Bye.